0: What's up everybody it's hump day it is wednesday we're gonna get you over the hump with a wonderful fantasy baseball today podcast ambitious show today ambitious show that is a tough word to say i'm not gonna say that word ever again on the air adam Azer, heath cummings scott white chris towers has a tummy ache or something like that he is out sick today heath i think he was up too late watching basketball
1: way to undermine his sick day Gee.
2: See here's the thing. Rude. I I didn't even stay up for the second game, and I'm exhausted. But it was just such an emotionally exhausting game of basketball. And Adam, if you had watched that game last night and still had your bad basketball take, I might not be able to be friends with (laughs) you anymore. It was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. Not the best, but just incredible.
0: You know, it's, it's not a game by game thing for me, so I it wouldn't change based on one game. But I did something last night that I had never done before. I went to a baseball game and I left in the fourth inning.
2: Oh, what? You are such a Yankees fan.
0: Dude, I, you, fourth you, uh, inning. Here's a lesson. You gotta at least make it to the stretch. Come Here, on. Here's a lesson. It was a school night. I had a lot of work to do with the full slate <laughs> of games. Um, Lesson to be learned. Check the pitching matchup before you go. I thought Strowman was pitching last night. I got Latos. He's the worst. It was 7 nothing, and I was just like, I think I've had enough, and I was by myself. So anyway, um, let's let's talk about that game in a sense, Yankees over the Blue Jays, because I put a Twitter poll up there last night. We had a lot of home runs last night. Holy cow. We had like five or six guys go double dong last night. Um, but one of them was Aaron Judge, who is now the number four outfielder in points leagues, number two in Roto. Miguel Sano had one home run in a different game, and he is the number five outfielder in points in Roto, so Judge and Sano have basically been the same, but they've both been great stories. Uh, I said, who do you feel more confident in going forward, Aaron Judge, who's batting 313 with 12 home runs, or Miguel Sano, who's batting 317 with eight home runs, 27 RBIs? Uh, who do you feel more confident in going forward, Judge or Sano? What would your answer be, guys? My answer would be Judge, and it has
1: everything to do with strikeout rate. We've seen Judge take a dramatic step forward with that this year, while Miguel Sano still is among the most strikeout-prone players in baseball. Which means it, it his production entirely depends on how much home run, how many home runs he's hit. It, it'll, he'll have to have, um, you know. Uh, C-Riss Davis type home run season to be of any value. And you know, we've even seen Chris Davis um have some ups and downs over the years just because that high strikeout rate introduces so much variance.
0: Wait a second. We got we got to go back to what you said. That Miguel Sano okay. has to have a C-Riss Davis type of year to have any value? I that might yes. be overstating it a little bit.
1: Well, so much yes. of his so much of his um Batting average is dependent on Hitting balls out of play Hitting them over the fence So if he doesn't have And, and you know maybe he will He's certainly on pace too He has 8 home runs already um, Right now just to have a 317 batting average He has a 439 BABIP And uh, you know obviously You don't need him to hit 317 To hit um, To be of value in fantasy But that BABIP could drop 100 points and it would still be 339. It would still be on the high side. So, like, it, the strikeouts, I, I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything novel here. Strikeouts make things yeah. a lot harder. I, okay,
0: but let me just give you a, let me just give you a name, or I'll give you a stat line. 251, 33 home runs, 99 RBIs, 126 strikeouts. 251, 33 homers, 126 strikeouts with 99 RBIs. And that's with only 44 walks, and I know Sano is going to eclipse that. Do you think that's a realistic final line for Sano, 251 with 33 home runs, 99 RBIs? I think he's going to strike out more than that. I think
2: he's going to hit more home runs than that. But it's not that far off.
0: Okay, that's a top 25 outfielder last year, and that was Jay Bruce. So... You know, I Look, I'm not saying that you should trust Sano more than, than Judge, but I don't think he has to hit 45, 50 home runs to have fantasy value.
2: I do trust Sano more than Judge, and some of it's a little bit of confirmation bias because I liked Sano more than Judge a lot more coming into the year. What he has done, like, I know he misses a lot, and I know he strikes out a lot, but when he hits the ball, his rookie year, 43% hard contact rate. His next year, 40% hard contact rate. This year, he's up to 55% hard contact rate. Now, I don't, I don't believe that's going to maintain itself, but I also don't believe Aaron Judge is going to have a 54% home run to fly ball rate either.
1: (laughs) But you kind of, you kind (laughs) of brought, made my point. Miguel Sano was a major disappointment in fantasy last year. He wasn't a must start player. Um, and he still yeah. had that hard contact rate because, because of all the strikeouts it brought that variance into the batting average that, I mean he had a 329 babip last year and hit only 236. I'd be
2: surprised if he ever has a babip that's significantly lower than 329. You can't hit the ball as hard as he does and have a low babip. He just... But last quit. year wasn't good enough. No, now, I, look, I don't. I don't. I disagree my, with that. He, I don't. He played 116 games and hit 25 home runs. If he played 150 games last year, we're looking at a guy with over 30 home runs, and we're not saying he wasn't good enough. He he wasn't good enough, though. I don't. I don't know how you can debate that he wasn't
1: good enough. Um.
0: Well, he slumped. Look, like, he had a sophomore just, slump. But, you know, he he struggled last year. No question. I, I, I okay. Let me just let me just wrap it up because Scott, you know, you mentioned the BABIP, and what was it for Sano?
1: Last year it was 329. No, this year now it's 439. 439, Four thirty nine.
0: And he's hitting 317. Judge is hitting 313. Judge is a 311 babbitt right now for what that's worth. So that's that's encouraging. Uh, Here's the thing, like with Judge, look at all the Yankees. Like Starlin Castro's having a huge year. Aaron Hicks, we're going to talk about in a little bit because Ellsbury might go on the DL. Um, they're just they're just crushing it. Not all of them. I mean, Greg Bird just got put on the DL. I, they have faced a lot of bad pitchers at home, and I'm there. Just seems to be a too good to be true thing about the Yankees right now. I'm pretty. I, I mean, I'm pretty convinced Judge is going to be good all year. Yes, but I, I've I've moved him into my top
2: 35 outfielders in Roto. I've got him at 31 right now, and he may sneak into the top 30 before my trade chart is published this afternoon.
0: But this is a high point, I think. Oh, well, sure. I mean, he's
1: not. Going to hit 72 home runs, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, okay, yeah, that's, stupid that kind of goes without saying. But, um you know, and I don't want to mischaracterize what I was saying about Sano. I have a higher level of concern with him, just like I've always had a high level of concern with Cyrus Davis. But at the same time, I recognize the upside. I recognize the value. They're only one spot apart in my rankings, Judge and Sano. But you know how a lot of times we're like— Well, if they're that close, you might as well just stick with the one you have. This is a case where if I was a snow owner and somebody offered me judge, I would go ahead and take it because of that level of comfort.
0: All righty. And the ballpark really helps as well. Judge has a 1219 OPS at home and a respectable 815 OPS on the road so far, but he's only hitting 231 on the road. Uh, so we have a lot more to get to today, including grading your trades. But here's your stat of the day. Oh, by the way, uh, Sano won the Twitter poll 54% to 46% over Aaron Judge. Stat of the day, Irvin Santana is the third starting pitcher. Here we go. Listen up. A lot of things here, <laughs> like a lot of prepositional phrases. Third starting pitcher in the last 20 years to begin a season with at least five starts, five straight starts, of six or more innings and one or fewer earned run. Uh So that's very impressive. Can you name the other two? Five straight starts of six or more innings, one or fewer earned runs in the last 20 years.
2: Bleh. Probably Clayton Kershaw.
0: P- Pedro Martinez in 1997. He won the Cy Young. He had a I, I make one guess
2: and you just start naming you off g- names? You
0: are going to get it.
2: Uh, Pedro Martinez is my second guess. I was just going to guess the best pitchers I could think of.
0: Okay, fine. I'll give one more guess to get the other guy. Randy Johnson. Aaron Harang in 2014. <laughs> and I'll tell you something. Harang actually had a pretty decent year. He had a 357 ERA. He did have a 140 whip. But he had a 331 ERA on July 24th and he had kind of a rough month. And that included like, that 331 ERA midway through the season included, uh, more than that. Two starts of eight or more runs. So it was it was a nice year for Harang, surprisingly good. Irvin Santana has a 0. .66 ERA. He is five and zero with thirteen walks, thirty three strikeouts, and forty one innings. This is now twenty four starts with an ERA around two, going back to last year. That's incredible. What do you think about Irvin Santana? Where is he in your rankings? He is, I think, just outside
1: the top fifty starting pitchers for me, and I think he's. You know, I've always felt like he's a little underrated. He'll give you innings. He'll give you a respectable ERA whip. Some strikeouts. He's not this good, though. I mean, he's... Like, this kind of reminds me of the start he got off to, I think, that same year with that same team. 2014 with the Braves. Um, Obviously, the ERA wasn't quite this good. But it was, you know, right around two. And then he ended that year with a 395 ERA. I mean... Regression is going to happen. He's not, he hasn't learned some kind of new trick. He's not missing a lot more bats. He's not throwing harder. He hasn't really changed his arsenal at all. Um, he's, he's, uh, near the top of the list as far as sell high candidates go.
2: So who ends the year with a lower ERA? Irvin Santana or Matt Harvey?
0: I will say Matt Harvey. Oh man. I mean, this, from this point forward, you know, I could see you saying, Matt Harvey. It's a, it's quite a cushion for Irvin Santana. Point six six ERA. Harvey's is over five now, right? That's going to be a tough one. That's a lot of ground to well, make up. I mean, Santana
1: has a start where he goes two innings and gives up seven runs. I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah, it, yeah, It'd be up to true. like a three ERA, right? Yeah. All right, yeah, whatever. It, we're, it we're would nitpicking. close the gap significantly, is my point. It doesn't. It doesn't take long for an ERA to go bad. Would you rather have
0: Irvin Santana or Dylan Bundy? I would rather have Bundy. Bundy. All right, so I, I wanted Chris to be on the show today because, uh, he, you know, he was the most anti-pitcher of all of us going into the year. And yesterday was a great day for that viewpoint because Cole Hamels scratched with an oblique injury. Corey Kluber left with back discomfort, which apparently has been bothering him since spring training. Kluber said it's been bothering him for his last few starts, but Francona said he's had it since spring training. Johnny Cueto has a recurring blister on it. What is up with all these damn blisters? <laughs> uh, recurring blister on his finger. Cueto's still in line to start this weekend. So, really bad day for starting pitchers and Cinderguard's on the DL. It's, is it unusually bad for, for ace level starters right now or like top 20 starters? Does it feel unusually bad to you?
1: I don't know. I, I haven't gotten that feeling that it's unusually bad. No, beyond, I've been attributing a lot of, um, not just pitchers, but a lot of the early season DL DLs, to the fact that it's a 10-day DL now, and I'm not sure how to separate the two. I mean, Hamill's—they don't know the severity of Hamill's yet. I—I I would imagine he will go on the DL. I don't see why he wouldn't go on the DL oh, considering did you see what he he's said. already missed a start. He said some,
0: some really bad, bad-looking stuff, Cole Hamill's. He's like, I—he—he's baffled by this injury. He can't pinpoint. He doesn't know when it came from. This feels like it could be a long one. I hope not, but could be. Well, Kluber. May not be a long one, but
1: why would he not go on the DL? You know, it's 10 days. You, you set up your rotation right. You can just miss one start. And I don't know that he'll only miss 10 days. It might end up being 15. You might end up missing two turns, whatever, but it's just so easy to put a pitcher on the DL
2: compared to how it was for 50 years.
0: Yeah, of course.
2: I feel like in the, I know the numbers say more people have gone on the DL. I feel like this has affected top 30 or 40 starting pitchers over a course of one month, more than we're used to seeing. Just with the Mad Bum, the Cinder Guard, yeah, the Felix, man.
0: now bad luck. the Hamels and the Felix
2: is that caliber pitcher
1: anymore. I said top but, 30. Okay. Okay. Uh,
0: it's debatable, I mean.
1: Eh. Yeah, it's debatable, but
0: we don't need to get hung up on that. I don't know, look, it's, it, it's, it's just been bad luck. How many of the top ten starting pitchers have actually given you their value? Kershaw, yes. Sale, yes. Not Lester. Not Arietta. Not Cindergaard. Not Bumgarner. Mmm, Quato. Well, Cindergaard has.
1: I mean, he's not going to.
0: Very okay, soon, if I asked the question the... in a week, the answer would be no. He's on the DL. Right. Uh, right. Scherzer, yes. Um, yeah, no, it's been ugly. DeGrom, yes. I'd say, I'd say maybe half four or five of the top ten just off the top of my head.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been a weird, kind of a weird start,
1: but you know, if you did this at every position, you would probably get a similar result. Maybe not necessarily with the injuries. The, you know, obviously Bumgarner and Syndergaard are going to be down for a while. Um, but you did it with second baseman the top 10 second yeah, baseman how many right. have actually pulled their weight you're right you would get a similar result
0: and we'll have rude net on our worryometer wednesday coming up in a little bit david Dahl is still a ways away from returning from a stress reaction in his rib whatever that means uh, they had gerardo para in the lineup against a righty yesterday with mark reynolds sitting uh, miguel cabrera came off the dl he homered and then he left with groin tightness and he just came off the DL with a groin strain. They're saying, look, it was cold, it's precautionary, and I think they expect Cabrera to be in the lineup today. Greg Bird is on the DL with an ankle injury. He hurt his ankle late in spring training. It's possible it's the reason why he's been bad. Uh, we'll see. So. I
2: did not know that the ego was located in the ankle.
0: <laughs> uh, Greg Bird's a great guy. You leave him alone. Jacoby <laughs> Ellsbury. Has a bruised nerve in his elbow. He may end up on the DL. Do you have any interest in Aaron Hicks, 18% owned, Uh 300 batting average, five home runs, 11 walks, eight strikeouts? Any interest in Aaron Hicks, 18% owned?
1: I mean, this has been above and beyond the production you normally expect from Aaron Hicks, right down to the walk-to-strikeout ratio, 11 to 8. So, I mean,
2: he deserves to be more than 18% owned if Ellsbury goes on the DL, sure. I did not. Find a way to work him into waiver wire today. There's, I think there's other outfielders in that range, like your boy Delano DeShields, Aaron Altair, that I would rather own.
0: Okay. And we've got some more names that you need to pick up now before it's too late. That's coming up. Chris Bryant left with calf tightness. He says he will play today. Mike Sosha said that Albert Pujols is over the foot injuries that he's had for the last couple of years. So, you yeah, know, look, he's a streaky guy. If he's healthy, maybe Pujols has a hot streak in him. J.D. Martinez had what Brad Ausmus refused to call a setback, but he said that Martinez has stopped making progress in his recovery from a foot injury. He's just sort of plateaued right now. Yo, the Nationals sent Joe Ross down. (laughs) That's so awful. Yeah, and
1: this wasn't wasn't another, like, tinkering with off days kind of thing, just, you know, maximizing roster space because they're not going to need a fifth starter for a while, like at the start of the year. uh, They don't feel like... He has the arsenal to be an effective Major League pitcher. They want him to uh, work harder on developing a third pitch.
2: Joe Ross, or I think it was Dusty Baker said uh, he's not Joe Ross right now.
0: Would you drop Joe Ross right now? Yep. Okay, drop him. Philadelphia is going to be cautious with Aaron Nola. We don't know exactly when he'll be back. Don't think it'll be too long. Travis Darnot left with a sore wrist. Milwaukee outfielder Ryan Brain pinch hit. Autocorrect. <laughs> and Colorado catcher Tony Walters left with a concussion. Do we have an update on Tom Murphy?
1: Um, He's not particularly close last I saw. I think he was going in for another think examination on the arm.
2: I think the last time I saw it said he was resuming baseball, some baseball. He's been fitted for a soft cast 34 minutes ago, according to this update.
0: <laughs> not that close. Uh Yeah, and there is some baseball activity. Man, that is a long DL stint for Tom Murphy. That stinks. Okay, um, instead of me asking you about standouts, I'm pretty sure I've got them all in the notes, so let's get to them. And here's your quote of the day. Quote, there was nothing set in stone. Obviously, things can change. Anyone who's followed our club over the last year and a half can see that things change daily or hourly. Anybody know who said that? I'm going to say Mike Matheny. It is Cody Bellinger, or uh, his manager, Dave Roberts, talking <laughs> oh, about Cody Bellinger. He's,
1: he's, uh he's softening, he's, softening the stance, he's gonna Just sti- like
0: happened with Rich Hill. Yeah, I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to he, stay up. Scott, good call. Good call. He needs to be universally owned. He is
2: uh mentioned in waiver wire today, and I'm going to use that quote. Thank you, Adam. There you go.
0: <laughs> All right, Cody Bellinger, uh another big game, and and yeah, Jock Peterson should be back Triple. on Friday. Yeah, good stuff from him. I, so I'm surprised
1: him how much contact he's made. The, to be honest yeah no must not
0: quote of the day number 2 Boston Red Sox organization that's Manny Machado went on a rant <laughs> against the Red Sox who threw at him again who Get, you know, getting ugly
2: i'm okay with universally taking a stance that throwing at people is bad i'm okay with universally taking a stance that this is just the way baseball is but I get a little bit tired of the. I, I've lost respect for this organization when your organization does it too. Like the Orioles do it too. Well, Let's yeah. Not act I, like this is something the Red Sox invented.
0: It's getting a little old though. Like stop throwing at Manny Machado. I think they. they I mean, this three like, games what, where they throw it at him now. What was what's the retaliation for now? The slide. Still, still the slide. I something happened since the slide, right? Uh somebody got hit yesterday. Dylan Bundy, or two days ago, Dylan Bundy hit someone, but. It didn't seem like somebody's it was getting hit today. Uh, could, there could be a serious brawl today. Like, it could get <laughs> nuts. All right, and finally, your autocorrect of the day. Dennison Conker pitched last night, left his start. It was a bad one. Dennison Conker. Edinson Volquez. Yes! Good for you. <laughs> wow. He had a hideous blister. Uh Ballpark alert, everybody. Atlanta's new ballpark, SunTrust Park, appears to be a big-time hitter's park. Uh, Ender Enciarte has an OPS over a thousand at home. Freddie Freeman has a 1700 OPS at home. He actually has hit more <laughs> homers on the road. But seeing the way in the early going that SunTrust Park has played for Atlanta, is it, uh, is it fantasy relevant? Is it changing anything for you guys?
1: Well, it would be bad news for Julio to in the long run. Him being a pitcher who already struggles to keep the ball in the park. Seems like the strike zone's smaller there too. <laughs> it's uh it's a little too early still, I think, to um make actual substantive changes to your Braves. But I mean if you just look at the dimensions and compare them to Turner Field, it it would make sense that it would be more of a hitter's park.
0: My friend went there the other night, he said it was a great ballpark, so they did a really nice job. It's a little league field. <laughs> Uh, it would, but well lit little league field. Speaking <laughs> of which, time for yes. today's Thames Watch. Eric Thames went 0 for 4 with a strikeout at St. Louis. Dropometer for Eric Thames.
1: <laughs> okay, we'll I actually move, moved we'll him move up in my rankings again yesterday. To what? He is now ninth at first base, and I think like twelfth in the outfield.
0: Wow. So you'd ha- rather have him than like Christian Yelich, Eric Thames? I would. Okay, okay, yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh. Let's do this segment. Add before it's too late. Here are a bunch of guys who are showing some signs. Some of them are, you know, fairly owned. Some not so much. Okay, Javier Baez. I still think he's over-owned at 68%, but I'll ask you anyway. Should we add before it's too late? Javier Baez, 6 for 8 with 2 home runs and 4 RBIs and a triple in his last 2 games. Javier Baez, add before it's too late?
1: No. I'm not, I mean, look, if, if he was assured every day at bats and he was, you know, you, you could see how he could put together a hot streak that would make him fantasy relevant in, in
2: like a Jed Jerko sort of way. But yeah, that's, there's a lot of hurdles to clear here. That's the thing that I, I kind of don't get is like he's not assured every day at bats and I'm not, I'm not assured if he played every day, he would be offensively good enough to be must-own.
0: I don't understand the ownership for Hobby Baez, 68%. Like I said, still feels a little high to me. Uh but I understand, you know, there's potential there. You just you haven't seen it yet. Okay. Uh this one's a little more interesting. Here's a guy who homered yesterday and in his previous 5 games batted 308 with no extra-base hits, but stole two bases and had seven walks to one strikeout. Has that ever been said before about Byron Buxton? Who's 48% owned and maybe turning things around a little bit? Um, is Byron Buxton someone 48% owned? But should we add him now before it's too late?
2: I did put Byron Buxton in the waiver wire column today. Uh, he had a monstrous home run, and it was more about the walks and strikeouts than it was about the home runs. Since April 17th, he has more walks than strikeouts. I. I don't know why he was so god-awful terrible for the first two and a half weeks of the season. And I don't think he's somebody you could even consider starting right now. But I do think he's back into the range of players that we know what the upside is. He's going well enough right now that I can believe he may find its potential this year.
0: That's Byron Buxton. Would you rather have Byron Buxton or Double Dong or Brett Gardner?
2: Rather have Buxton, I think. It's
1: been it's been a while since Gardner stolen a base, and that's still going to be the the primary the the basis of his value. Sure. So Uh, I don't know how much he's going to run.
0: All right, how about the next group here? Who do you feel like you need to pick up now before it's too late? San Francisco third baseman Christian Arroyo, who's shortstop eligible. Colton Wong, who's, you know, doing some nice things actually. Aaron Altair, nineteen percent owned, and Yonder Alonzo. Who, because he sits against lefties, is twenty-first at first base in points, but fourteenth in Roto, and batting two ninety-two with five home runs. And this is—I went back a while. This is the best month Alonzo's had in a long time, and I know he wanted to change his launch angle. So, Uh, Chris
1: been hitting a lot more fly balls. Yeah,
0: Christian Arroyo, Colton Wong, Aaron Altair, Yonder Alonzo. Anyone?
1: I think the most. Relevant of the two Of the four right now are, are probably Altair and, and Arroyo just because of that Shortstop eligibility I'm not in a big hurry to pick up either To be honest I, mean, I, I can't I'm thinking through my t- rosters now And you know I obviously just did A, a thorough um, Thorough uh, Playing of the waiver wire Sunday night I, I can't think of who I'd want to drop except in leagues so Deep that like Altair at 19% is Already owned I can't think of Anyone I'd want to drop for him? I would definitely say Altair is the one I'm most interested in.
0: Would you drop Perote Para for Aaron Altair?
1: Yes. Yeah. Quickly. Yeah.
0: Would you drop? Would you rather have Altair or David Peralta? Peralta. Peralta
1: by pretty good stretch.
0: How about the liner to Shields who homered yesterday or Altair?
2: I'm sticking with Altair.
0: I'll take the Shields. Okay, alright, nice, nice little disagreement there. Now, it's worryometer Wednesday. Not everything can be peaches and cream on this Wednesday. And so we'll talk about John Lester and Danny Duffy, who, according to the update on our website, was struggling to hit 90 miles per hour with his two-seamer by the fourth inning. And I guess he's having trouble as he goes deeper into games with his velocity. Um, but I do need to tell you about SeatGeek, and I gotta thank SeatGeek for finding me a great value last night, as I mentioned, I went to the Yankees game for four measly innings, but for only $17 measly How did I do that? By using my SeatGeek app. I got the ticket sent to my phone. It was so easy. Now, I couldn't use the promo code anymore because I've used it already, but you can. If you want to save $10 when you buy tickets, use the promo code FANTASY on the SeatGeek app. Again, that promo code is FANTASY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Like I said... I use SeatGeek even without the discount now. Why? Because it saves me time and money. Basically, the way I see it, there's a discount every time you use SeatGeek because it price compares for you, searches multiple ticket sites, finds the best deals, lets you know about them very simply. It's an easy app to use. You're never going to use anything else again. This is all you need. Download it now. Sports, concerts, comedy, theater, each purchase fully guaranteed, and our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY for ten dollars off your first Seek Geek purchase. Always feel free to tweet me if you have any questions about any of our sponsors or any of our promo codes. Alright, zero to ten on the Worryometer. Zero, not worried at all. You're an idiot for asking, Adam. And ten, oh, super worried. It's time to drop. John Lester. Drop ten to drop. Ten to a... Okay. Well, no. I don't think any of these guys are drops. Sits. sends a sit. Thank, okay. Thank you for calibrating. John Lester, 0 to 10.
1: It's not 0 um because he has two quality starts so far this year's five walks in this last start, but that's that hasn't been an issue. I don't exactly know what his issue is, but he just hasn't looked himself. I will go
2: velocity's down a little. I'll go I'll go I'll go a 4. This is an excellent uh, Joe Madden quote that you've got in the notes here, Adam, about why he had five walks last night. Well,
0: right. He couldn't find the strike zone because it was a ball zone, according to Joe <laughs> uh, I'm going to go two on Lester. Okay, yeah. I also put in the notes that Lester had a, a four-start stretch in July last year. 16 innings, 18 earned runs, 12 walks, 15 strikeouts, and six homers allowed. And he had a 2.44 ERA. But, look, I've been a little worried about Corey Kluber. Because of the workload, deep into the postseason, pitching on three days rest. Well, and he's not an ace. <laughs> he's an ace, but um, I think that same workload concern should exist for Lester. I mean, he only threw two hundred and two and two thirds last year. That was the big difference between him and Kluber. He didn't he didn't reach the same regular season, but in the postseason, he threw thirty five and two thirds last year.
1: I'm more concerned, and and this may be related. I'm conser- more concerned about the velocity. This is actually the first time. I've noticed that he's down. Same here, yeah. More than a mile per hour on average from last year and if we, you know, are operating under the theory that it may actually be more than that because of the change in the way they measure velocity, that's uh that's concerning.
0: Okay. Danny Duffy, 0 to 10 on Danny Duffy who now has a 3.89 ERA and only 27 strikeouts to 14 walks in 37 innings, two bad starts in a row against the White Sox. <laughs>
2: Uh, I will say 4.9. I, I, this weird thing happened with Duffy because I pretty much had him, I think I was the lowest of the three of us coming into the season and it wasn't because I had concerns about Duffy or I'm not saying I was right because I was lower on him, but he kept inching up my rankings throughout April even though I wasn't really impressed with what he was doing because of the bad performances and injuries to top 30 starting pitchers. He's a number three fantasy starter I think without, if you don't have the SPARP designation. And so, number three fantasy starters have good stretches and bad stretches.
0: Yeah, but the, I mean, the underlying stats and the velocity should be pretty concerning. you got a 4.9 on Duffy. How about you, Scott?
1: Yeah, I'm a little more worried than Lester, so I'll go five, but... I mean, this, he had, a, he had a, he had
2: 12 swinging strikes in this game. The swinging strikes have been
1: pretty season. consistently high. Yeah.
2: Also, his swing strike rate is twelve point six percent. Last year it was twelve point nine percent. The fact that it was his only bad starts have come against the White Sox. It's weird because it's the
1: White Sox, but
0: No, they've it's been also, hitting. They've been hitting fairly well lately, I think. Yeah,
1: it's it's also like well, maybe they just have a really good scouting report on him or something.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, would you rather have Marco Estrada or Danny Duffy?
1: I'm sticking with Duffy. Me too.
0: Stroman or Duffy?
1: Strowman. I'm. I'm sorry,
0: Duffy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say Duffy. All right. Worryometer on Matt Harvey, zero to ten. Ten. <laughs> I was really worried when I saw the
1: line. I, I actually tuned into that game to see him throw his like last two pitches or something, and I saw he had allowed six runs, and I'm like, man, am I gonna have to walk this back tomorrow? And then I checked. Brooks Baseball this morning and did a double take seeing the velocity numbers he put up yesterday. He was hitting 99 yesterday. He averaged 96. It was by far the best velocity he's had in the start this year. And, you know, that's kind of the tone he and the Mets took after the game, reading the recap on MLB.com. Like, yeah, it was bad results, but this
2: is the best I've felt in a long time. He's got a 5.14 K per nine and a 5.14 ERA. Yeah, he's not all the way there more yet. More than a month into the season, continuing,
1: continuing. This can't to build be the best you felt
2: about Matt Harvey.
1: Like, no, it's
2: the best
0: Matt Harvey's felt in a long time. Over well, then years.
2: what is Matt Harvey looking for? Well, well I think feels- I
0: think this is really the first bad start he's had that I even care about because the last one I'm completely ignoring because their Mets are idiots. But it is troubling that the strikeouts have been so low. Oh well, yeah,
1: and and they did acknowledge. Look, he he has to improve his location. It's the command's not all the way back yet. But you know these baby steps you know mm-hmm. he's coming back from a major surgery and the fact he's regained his velocity now i think is very encouraging now if you know if we're depending on how we're calibrating this worryometer am i going to start him for his next start probably not but i am going so to like, stick sit, with sit my...
2: was a 10 right
1: sure yeah but i, I think i'm sitting i mean 10. if we're if we're thinking more long term I'll go, I'll go about a five on Harvey. And I, that's, I still, I'm sticking with my bold prediction that yeah. he's going to have the best ERA for the, Met, uh, he's going to be the best pitcher for the Mets from this point forward.
0: Well, you remember when you said that, I said, do you think Noah is going to get hurt or something like that? And, <laughs> it helps. There yes. you go. He's
2: <laughs> got a long way to go to catch DeGrom. Yeah. He's going to get hurt too, probably. I guess I'll if they say, all get hurt, like, then Harvey could be. It,
1: it's a great time to buy on Harvey. It really is. The, as ugly as his last two starts have been, I think his owner's looking to jump ship. There's a good chance of that anyway. And I'm, I'm
0: telling you, he's, he's on the right track here. All right, look, this is very consistent. This is almost exactly how Scott anticipated Harvey starting the season. Uh, I don't know, I mean, didn't give any numbers, but this is very consistent with what Scott thought for Harvey, and it's also consistent with what he thought for Harvey, it's just, they have two completely different viewpoints about what the future's gonna hold, so and I, I just think it's interesting. I was,
2: like, the first few starts, I was starting to buy into Scott's idea that, you know, he's, he's not good yet, but he's not been bad early in the year, and he's maybe getting better. But, man. <laughs> Look, he
1: was, he playing, was hitting ninety nine. He he He's playing
2: a little league park. I have not Atlanta. seen those velocity numbers yet, and I don't generally trust them until like twenty four hours after the. Well, start. There,
0: there's no question he was throwing his hardest left. Whatever you want to say, it was. It, I mean, it's been spoken about, and you know, I read the same thing that Scott read, and Terry Collins and Matt Harvey both liked the, you know, the the velocity, the stuff, I guess, but. Terry Collins said he doesn't have his command yet, so that's what it is. All right, to speed up Worryometer Wednesday, i got three guys, three hitters. Carlos Gonzalez, who's batting two oh seven, uh, with two homers. Trevor Story, yeesh. 170 batting average, 13 walks, 42 Ks. Even when he was streaky last year, I don't think he had a month-long stretch with a 170 batting average. And Rugnet Odor, same thing here, 181 batting average, uh, four walks, 24 strikeouts. Is anybody out of Carlos Gonzalez, Trevor Story, Rubenet Odor, like really worrying you?
1: I am going to say no, because I think when you get players with horrid plate discipline like this, these deep, dark slumps where it looks like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, they're par for the course. And, you know, they didn't happen at the start of last season, so we don't remember them as well.
2: Well, Odor kind of did. Not okay, this, he got off not to a very bad, very bad start in April, if I remember right, when I – and then I wrote something about it, and we had a little argument on the podcast. Okay, fair enough. Odor's really, really streaky. I would expect Story will be, too. I'm much – of those three, I would say I'm by far the most concerned about Story. Um, Odor's strikeout rate is the same it was last year. He's got a 195 bad, bad
1: Here's bad. a little perspective on Story, though, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um As bad as he's hitting, like a 175 batting average or whatever, and even in points leagues, which you would think would be his worst format because of how much he's striking out, he is – hang on. Let me find it here. Okay, not as high as I thought. Never mind. (laughs) I was remembering that wrong. Never mind.
0: So I don't know. Like I would be willing to buy low on on Odor's story. Not sure about Carlos Gonzalez. He – Gonzalez does get, like, ridiculously hot. You know, yep. he, he does do that. But he's also, he's only 31. He feels like he's 50 to me. Um,
2: <laughs> I, yeah. I guess the
0: nice thing,
2: if you're a Carlos Gonzalez know. owner, is this makes it harder for the Rockies to trade him right now. Or maybe he'll just slump for a little while and then get hot, not get traded. I don't think the Rockies are going to trade him.
1: They're right in the thick of things. Yeah, that's a very mean, Particularly if you believe the Giants are down yeah. this year.
0: Very, very yeah. uh, realistic for them as I, of now.
2: I question whether a month from now it will look that realistic, but they were one of the teams I thought could surprise. So,
0: all right, double dongs from yesterday. Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce is a top eight outfielder and the number seven first baseman in fantasy. His uh,
1: strikeout rate is way down.
0: Yeah, yeah. How about that? Eleven walks, eighteen strikeouts. Lowest strikeout rate of his career for Jay Bruce.
1: I have moved him. I moved him up quite a bit in my rankings yesterday, too. Not as high as, like, Judge and know, but he's, like, right on the verge of top 30 outfield, top 12 first baseman. Would you rather have Hanley or Bruce? I think I have Bruce a little bit higher, though. Then Hanley had double dungs too.
0: He did. He did double uh, dungs. But, no, I'll stick with Bruce.
2: I will stick with Hanley.
0: I, I don't know, man. I can't buy that Jay Bruce is all of a sudden going to stop striking out. His swinging strike rate hasn't really changed. He, he's, so. he's Jay Bruce. But that okay. said, yeah maybe and he's been streaky. I do have a lot of faith
1: in in um Kevin Long.
0: Yeah, and look, he was terrible with the Mets last year, but Bruce actually ended up as the number 25 outfielder in points, number 21 in Roto last year, and his season, 251 with 33 home runs, remember I referenced it earlier as a Sino projection, his season last year was very very similar to his like 2011, 12, 13 Numbers, every year is like 255 with 30-ish home runs and 100-ish RBIs. Uh, and he was a must, must own a streaky guy in fantasy. Alright, anyway. Steve Pierce double dong. Brett Gardner double dong. Hanley, Dozier, Marwin Gonzalez. Anything you got there?
1: Well, Dozier's fly ball percentage in a year when everybody's is up, his is way down. And his, uh, breakthrough a few years ago really on that, so you know beyond just the home run total, I'm keeping an eye on how many fly balls he hits. Marwin Gonzalez is up to seven home runs, but he doesn't have a job. Like he hasn't been starting all that consistently even recently. So I'm, you know, 10% ownership. I don't know that it needs to be much higher than that.
0: Okie dokie. And let's grade some trades. Part one. We'll do a little bit more later. We still have Nomar Mazara to talk about. He's been moved down in the order. We still have some nominations for the third best Adam Sandler movie. I want to talk about Chris Sale, Sonny Gray, 84% owned, uh Alex Cobb. Man, Zach Britton. Put a pin in that one. Here we go. Grade the Trade Part 1 from Nick. Give Aaron Judge and Trevor Story. Ooh. Aaron Judge and Trevor Story. Get Trey Turner and Mitch Haniger.
1: I'll go B. I think it's worth it for Turner. Yeah.
0: All right, Spencer in Toronto. By the way, is there a is there like a Hooch? Because Turner and Hooch would be a great team name. A a baseball player named Hooch? Yeah, or something like something (laughs) like that. I think we I think we would have talked
2: about him by now.
0: Well, like something similar, Turner and something that that sounds like Hooch, right? Uh, Uh,
1: if you have like uh, oh, what's that guy's name? The former Phillies catcher. Carlos Ruiz. Oh, would they call him Chooch? Yeah, Turner and Chooch.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Scott. All right. Uh, this is from Spencer in Toronto. Dear Vado, Walker, Morneau, and Paxton. J- those, those are, are Canadians. Oh, they're Canadians with left hand who uh, are predominantly left handed. Okay, because you got a Joey, a Justin, and a James,
2: and a Larry. Are there any right handed Canadians in baseball? Are all Canadians left handed? I think so.
0: <laughs> I have to ask Jonah Carey, whose name also I, starts with a J. I, I
1: wanted to because they may actually some of these guys may actually be right handed in most aspects, but the thing they were most most known for, whether it was hitting or pitching, they're left handed. So it's you know. A lot of guys bat left handed but throw right handed, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh Spencer in Toronto wants to know if he's dumb for trading Mike Trout. Probably, it, yeah. In a head-to-head category league, <laughs> that's usually a flat yes. <laughs> give up Trout, Bundy, Dickerson, and the demoted Joe Ross. Give up Trout, Bundy, Dickerson, Corey Dickerson, and Ross. Get Thames, Daniel Murphy, Madison Bumgarner, and Kevin Gossman.
2: I think you're going to regret this. Really. Almost certainly. Wish I knew how deep the league
1: was because the shallower it is – I mean, the deeper it is, the better it looks.
0: Yeah. I
2: I just – the one guy that I'm – like Trout, obviously, I'm 100% confident in. Daniel Murphy, I'm 100% confident in being not as good as Trout, but – Good. Very good. Yeah. Thames, I think, is going to be good, and Bundy, I think, is going to be good. I mean – the,
1: the non-trout side is getting three of the best four players. Um, probably. well, would I you mean, rather? Have... And Bundy maybe That's what I was gonna ask. Depending what on how mind. much your, yeah, what I don't kind have of aversion Bundy. to risk you have there. Um, I'd rather have Baumgarner. Garner. I'll give it, I'll give it an even C. And if I'm the trout owner, I'm probably not going to take it because I pretty much never take C trades. Uh, I'll give it a C though. I think it's, I don't think it's so bad. For giving up Trout.
2: Yeah. I, the only way I would do this deal if I, if, I, if I was in 14 different leagues and didn't have any Eric Thames and just felt like I had to get him.
0: All right. Give me a uh, grade. C minus. Okay. So he thinks you are slightly dumb, and Scott thinks you are of average intelligence, Spencer. And Good aren't
2: people of average intelligence kind of dumb?
0: Wow. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> uh especially compared to like nick who who got a b or something on his trade so uh jeffrey and grand rapids give up edwin encarnacion no 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 get that so give up abreu and lorenzo kane he does not need steals give up abreu and lorenzo kane get encarnacion and greg holland
1: steals okay um that is a that's another B, For, I think.
2: What if I told you it was a four by four roto league where saves were not a category? Oh, they aren't a
1: category. You're right. That's important important information, Adam. I wish you had yeah, me mentioned too. that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I guess um, i have an average. I'll still give it B because I was hesitating and thinking maybe I should go B plus. So now
2: it's back down to a B. I think I would still do it, but I don't love it. C plus.
0: Oh, innings is it? Innings pitched as a category? And now you're getting Greg Holland. I don't know. Uh, Ugh. C. I'll call it a C. Uh, this is from, Gra- this is from, oh, I don't have a name, I'm sorry. Dear Roger, Pete, John, and Keith. It's gotta be the who, right? Sure. We're on the who in a second. Give Del- give Dylan Bundy get Luis Severino. I give that a C+. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. You'd rather have Severino than Bundy, and he says F, by the oh, way. Oh, I'd rather have Bundy than Severino. Yeah, I know. For Scott sure. would rather have...
1: I would rather have Severino than Bundy. Yes, I think the uh interesting. I mean, he, he's getting a ton of strikeouts and Bundy's getting very few. It always comes back to the strikeouts for me, Adam. Yeah, that's sure not does. who you are at all. It is very well, much that's, who I that's am. Scott. What are you talking about. Yeah. I've been I was hyping strikeouts before you, were, you mis- were born. You are Mr. Rick Porcello, Kyle Hendricks, only because <laughs> only because that's a very recent change <laughs> okay. because the industry, I think, has changed, and I've had to kind of soften my stance on. You like uh, Matt Harvey to pursue you value. Like strikeouts, but I, I mean, bottom line is strikeouts are strikeouts and walks are the number one thing a pitcher controls, right? I mean,
2: I'm not losing sight of fundamentals here. Right. In the pursuit no, of value. Oh, no, I I agree completely. I'm I'm. I thought I was Mr. Strikeout. Okay. You don't even like Danny Salazar.
1: You, you haven't, you've, you've known me but a
2: fraction of the time I've been doing this and you think I, you have me all figured out. Well, I just thought I knew 2017 Scott White okay. hates Danny Salazar, loves Porcello and Hendricks. And now you're saying you're Mr. Strikeout. I am Mr. Strikeout.
0: Well, anyway, what I was going to say was, uh, I'm driving yesterday and, and Pinball Wizard came on and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, it is officially official. I always knew it, but I, I, I didn't know it for sure. The Who is now tied with Smashing Pumpkins as my least favorite band of all time. I just don't get it. How does anybody like The Who? They completely suck. Uh, lineup stuff. Joe Madden is sticking with Kyle Schwarber as his leadoff hitter, and Schwarber homered, so Joe Madden was right. Uh, also, Nomar Mazara batted eighth for the second straight game against the righty. And Mazzara homered, so Jeff Bannister was right. And Delano De Shields led off and homered. But no, this is serious stuff with Mazzara here. Like, he got off to a great start and looked like he could be the breakout player of the year. And now he really is uh back to being bad for fantasy. Like, he was not good last year. He
2: was great for, what, two weeks? Terrible for two weeks. Just hit a home run. I expect
0: we're going back the other direction. I don't know. I, I mean, the big thing... With Mazzara, is that like it's one thing to struggle against lefties; it's another thing to have almost no production at all against lefties. He is terrible. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I imagine he's still about ninety percent on. I'll check right now, Mazzara. It, but I, if there was some, like, would you drop him for Byron Buxton if you were just taking a shot? You weren't starting I would, either. No, no, no. Would you? But Adam, would you drop him for Delano De Shields? Mm, if I needed steals in a roto league, like there's just a chance that. No more Mazzara. His numbers right now look like they looked last year and it just wasn't very good and he doesn't steal bases. So I think yeah, he but might be... Yeah, like what did Byron
1: Buxton's numbers look like? He's batting 156. Uh, I was, I was over to, uh, I was over to DeShields. Um, you know, like, since those first two weeks, Conforto has leapfrogged Mazzara to yep. me. Peralta, David Peralta's probably pretty close. But, it, it, I mean, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Mazzara, but he's shown enough evidence that this could be the year that I'm not, like, going to dump him yeah. now.
0: Right. I, I feel the same way, but I, I do feel like people are going—if he struggles for another week or two, people are going to have to make decisions on him. And I—right now, Mazzara is 93% owned. I could see that being around 80 or so in, in a week.
1: He's yeah, uh, just
0: something. But <laughs> he, you know who else recently dropped in the Rangers
1: lineup and then homered yesterday? Uh, Gallo? Joey Gallo? Jonathan Lucro. Oh yes. Yes oh, he did. Who has five strikeouts all year.
0: Yes, I forgot to give that stat yesterday, I think. That is, he's, yeah. he's gonna come around. Come on, Lucroy. He's totally coming around. He just homered. He's already come around. There you <laughs> go. I think three hits too, total. Uh, that was a wild game yesterday. Three up, Mitch Moreland, 50% owned. Uh, he had been three for 30, with only five walks, five strikeouts though, in that three for 30 stretch, but he doubled again! I don't know. I, we haven't talked about Moreland in a while. 50% owned. What do you think? It's about right. 50%
2: owned sounds good to me.
0: Uh Billy Hamilton has stolen five bases in his last two games. He's still only around 40th at outfield in both points in Roto. Hamilton has 15 steals. That's more steals than 20 baseball teams this year. And he is also four steals away from matching the entire 2016 total of the Baltimore Orioles who stole 19 bases all season. Uh. Uh, whatever, nothing about Hamilton, just thought that was interesting And Josh Harrison homered again, guys, 46% owned Now he has eclipsed last year's total, he has five home runs this year Josh Harrison, anything changed from yesterday when we weren't really that interested? I'll tell you what, I'd rather have him than Javier Baez
2: I, You know, I was writing Waiver wire, and I, I kind of dismissed it yesterday a little bit As we don't expect him to hit home runs, so him hitting two home runs doesn't matter that much to me the third home run doesn't change my opinion. I think he's going to be a power hitter. But it seems like he's pretty much secured the leadoff role. And if he's going to be a 300 hitter leading off all year for the Pirates, he's going to be a valuable asset. You talk about it with plate appearances and points leagues. And somebody yeah. that hits for that high of average, she should score a decent amount of runs. I He should be higher than 46% out.
0: Okay. And Adam Sandler's third best movie First of all, if you gave me a list that didn't have either Billy Madison or Happy Gilmore, then I will say that all of us are now dumber for I, having. I thought,
2: wait, Scott, why that, are we doing this?
0: That's a Billy Madison reference. Well I thought we already decided. It's the Wedding Singer, right?
1: Yeah, you know what? I actually like the Wedding Singer more than Billy Madison. How about
2: that? Well, that's pretty
0: stupid, but you know, <laughs> that, that, that's a D plus. The um, longest
2: yard is a. I enjoyed that even though I liked the original much better.
0: Right. So The Longest Yard, Airheads, 51st Dates, and Wedding Singer I'd say got the most votes. Airheads I don't consider an Adam Sandler movie, but it is very funny. That is a Brendan Fraser movie. Just like mm-hmm. Caddyshack is not a Bill Murray movie, no matter what anybody says, nor is it a golf okay. movie, nor is it a okay. sports
1: movie. Uh, I saw a couple mentions of The Waterboy, which I don't whatever. think so. No, that was That um, was really good. I, I was surprised I didn't see anger management because that's probably number five for me. If I forget I do, about that. If I was that doing one. my Adam Sandler top five, anger management, you know, Jack Nicholson kind of takes it to another level.
0: I forget about that one. I'd like to see that one again. But okay, thank you for participating. Uh I think the wedding singer is probably the winner right now. But Big Dad, Big Daddy, and the Wedding Singer neck and neck for third spot. <laughs> also, somebody, did you guys see the email about the Zohan scale? No. Uh, let me see if I have time to read this real quick. It was so awesome. Uh, I'll get to it in a second. Okay, who do you want to talk about from the rotation today? Chris Sale, Verlander, Carlos Martinez, Paxton, Quintana, Tanaka.
1: I want to talk about none of them, really. <laughs> uh Paxton's five walks were a complete aberration between both this year and last year. He was an elite control pitcher last year. I don't think he'd walked more than two in a start before this one, so he's fine. Quintana looks like he's back on track two good starts in a row. This one eight innings.
0: I just Verlander
1: has a couple good starts in a row, you know, whatever. I want to
0: say that uh Chris Sale well, I'm not by no means is he sale high. Like you need Chris Sale. Sale. But it's Chris Sale sale? No, you're you not selling a, Chris. You should sale.
2: have a Chris sale.
0: But uh, he does this sometimes. Like right now he has five straight games with double-digit strikeouts. He had eight straight games with double-digit strikeouts in 2015 in which he had a 180 ERA, uh, nine walks to 97 strikeouts in 60 innings. And he finished the year with a 341 ERA. Last mm-hmm. year Chris Sale had a 158 ERA in his first nine starts. Didn't have the same type of strikeout numbers. And Sale finished the year with a 3.34 ERA, and I think last year he finished eighth at starting pitcher, which was his best finish ever. Uh, so right now he's unbelievable. He's the Cy Young Award winner in either league. But you know, I, do you think Chris Sale's gonna have his best year ever? Or do you think he's just sailing right now and he'll come back and be like a three three thirty ERA guy like he's been the last two years? I think there's a
2: decent chance that Chris Sale has his best year ever. Not partially because he's just. Already got this much of a head start, partially because of something that hasn't worked out for him yet, which is wins. I expect that trend to reverse itself quickly.
1: You know, you made reference to that uh, eight start, eight straight starts with double digit strikeouts in 2015, where he had a 3.41 ERA. Yeah, it was strange what happened to him at the end of the year, end of that year, to to elevate the ERA to 3.41. It was uh a period of where we were saying what's wrong with Chris Dale? yeah, and um, I feel like just peripherally he's always been a little short of what he should be, like based on what
2: his peripherals say he should be,
1: and yeah. I, you know I can actually compare e r a to fip over the years and
2: see if I'm
0: oh and his stuff yeah. like it's
2: that really happened that happened one year, the rest of them has been.
0: Remarkably close But it's weird that Chris Sale has never been a top 5 starting pitcher
1: It is weird, yeah I mean, I certainly think of him as having that kind of potential Right Um He is lacking the home runs so far And at Finway As a left-handed pitcher at Finway You could see how he could have his worst year ever In the long run In terms of allowing home runs So I do think there's You know I I think it's just too early to say I would to put it past him having his best year ever. And the bottom line is there are so few pitchers you can trust on this level that even if you are expecting some fairly significant regression, his ERA rising two runs the rest of the way. Like so you're you're leaving a big <laughs> hole in your pitching
0: staff No, like, anyway, yeah, you don't tell so. him. Alright, uh, this is uh, the worst rhyme I've ever come up with. Must own or to the waiver wire they shall be shown. Sonny Gray, Jeremy Hellickson, and Matt Shoemaker are all owned in about 85% of leagues. Are they must-own, or we'll be be showing them to the waiver wire? Sonny Gray, Jeremy Hellickson, Matt Shoemaker.
1: I believe Gray is worth owning right now. I could live without Hellickson or Shoemaker.
2: I'm holding both Gray and Shoemaker. I could live without Hellickson, which is unfair to Jeremy Hellickson, but that's the way we treat him. I mean, he's... Had one start this
1: year where he's had more than two strikeouts. Yep.
2: <sighs> yeah, yeah. How's that unfair? But he's also Mr. had one strikeout. How's yeah. that unfair, no, but... Mister Strikeout? Because he's been good, you know. Like he's oh, he's... before this he'd been phenomenal. Yeah,
1: but he had bad with start. Two strikeouts
0: to start, you knew that wasn't going to last him, right? <laughs> Not against the Cubs. Uh, Sonny Gray had good velocity. He had a really bad stretch where he gave up three runs. Uh, you know, he gave up a couple home runs. Uh, it wasn't a great start, but let's give him a little bit of leeway here. First start off the DL for Gray. And do you have any interest in picking up Alex Cobb or Alex Wood, actually? I have probably more interest in him. The Alex's. Well, here's the thing about Wood. His, his stuff looks good, you know, his strikeouts are good, but they still, he's not throwing deep into games and, and I don't know that they trust him to do so, but, uh, no, you tell I me. don't
2: think they really do. I, I'm not hugely, like any of the guys on that list, including Glassnow and Asher, well, really it's Glassnow, Cobb, and would i would it's just depend on who they're going to pitch against next week okay for me i
1: i think wood had a chance to really like secure a spot in the rotation with this start and i don't think he did they're, well you know i'm when not they sure get if you get rich hill back they're going to be seven deep
0: i'm not sure if you saw the quote but uh i think it was dave roberts said that he pitched better than than the final line
1: okay well we've heard dave roberts walk back quite a few things
0: Yeah, but if we're gonna, say, you know,
1: it wasn't that good after all when I went back and looked at it. But if we're gonna,
0: if we're gonna say, you know, Matt Harvey, all the quotes after the game, then I think we should do it for (laughs) Alex Wood as well. well. Dave
1: Roberts is a a a chronic liar. That's what I'm
0: (laughs) (laughs) chronic liar. I love it. All right, (laughs) Scott thinks that you should own Brad Brock because Zach Britton just has not been himself this year. He needs a Snickers, and he gave up a walk and a hit in a scoreless, non-save situation inning last night. Zach Britton, and he has a 188 WHIP, so it's not a bad idea to have Brad Brock just in case. Uh, is there is there anyone else, anything else in the bullpen we need to talk about, or just you know there were some struggles last night, but that happens.
1: Well, I don't know I don't know exactly what's going on with the Cardinals bullpen. Trevor Rosenthal got the save last night. You have here in the notes Sun 1 0 through twenty five pitches Monday. Two innings, too. It was a two inning appearance. So I don't think there's any way O was available last night. Twenty five pitches doesn't seem like a crazy high number, especially since he had had a couple days off before that.
0: Yeah, it's Uh. kinda how I felt.
1: So but you know, maybe just the fact that it was more than one inning. Also, how uh, Rosenthal's <laughs> been striking out like two batters every time he pitches. Oh, so. he's
0: nasty. He is he's nasty, been... and he's not walking guys. And...
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if he'll be better in the long run, but he's clearly better right now, and I could see how Matheny would be hedging on this decision. So uh, at least if I'm an O owner and I don't already have a lot of closer depth, I might be uh, picking up Rosenthal for some security there.
0: We're going to do some grade the trade to end the show. The problem is I didn't put it in the notes, so I have to go uh, sorting through the, the mailbox here. So you guys take a little time and think about it. Uh, Jeremy in Seattle, grade the trade. Give up Kyle Hendricks. Get Christian Yelich. Hmm.
1: I will give that a B minus. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I
2: like it. I'll, I'll say B.
0: We've got a Dynasty League trade from Richard Punch. I'm pretty sure he's a former podcast leaker, long-time listener. He gave up in a 12-team, 5x5 Dynasty League. Gary Sanchez, Avi Garcia, and Michael Conforto. This is a little bit of a blockbuster here. He gave up Gary Sanchez. He has Wilson Contreras, by the way. Gary Sanchez, Avi Garcia, and Michael Conforto to get back Rick Porcello and Aaron Judge.
1: Oh, that's Sorry, Richard. You got punched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's D. that's
0: uh I'll, th- I'll go
1: F, man. That's bad. I'm going to go for D. As much as I like Judge, you gave up 3 what, was, what were the three players he was giving up again? Conforto, Avi Garcia, and Gary Sanchez. Okay, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk it back a little. It's D. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> only only one. I I still value Sanchez more than Judge, but cla- then the second and third players.
0: Classic Dave Roberts the... move right there from Scott White.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm Dave Roberts.
0: Uh huh. Chris is giving up Strasburg and Aledmus Diaz. Strasburg and Aledmus Diaz getting Bogarts and Rondon. It's got to be – I don't know if it's Rendon or Rodon. It's a typo. I (laughs) think we should grade the incomplete. I'm giving him an incomplete. It's not a good grade either way,
1: honestly. It's another D.
0: All right, last one Maybe even an F. Give up Will Myers and Aaron Judge. Will Myers and Aaron – people trading Aaron Judge quite a bit, huh? Give up Myers (laughs) and Judge in a 10-team league. Get Sano, Odor, and Abreu. Sano, Odor, and Abreu. Uh, See, here's the problem. If this was a 12-team league, I
2: think I would like this trade. But in a 10-team
0: league, I'm not sure that
2: Jose Abreu is somebody you start.
0: Yeah, but Odor, he upgrades from Peraza
2: to Odor with this trade. That is, in theory, a very big upgrade. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I think it's a good trade. I I like Judge more than you do. I think him and Sano, are I actually prefer Judge a little to Sano. But I don't even know how much that matters because of that second base upgrade, so I would say uh I'll
2: give that a B plus. But you don't like Will Myers as much as I do, I think maybe the bigger sticking point. I'm going with a C plus C
0: Good stuff guys. Thank you very much. And uh that's all I got. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Right. <laughs> we'll do some buy or sell. It'll be a ton of fun. Bye.